the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, before we get started, uh, I apologize. I did not have a Wednesday episode. I got a little bit busy. Uh, Not really a big deal anyways, because it was going to be the final Wednesday episode of the season just because uh, football season is about to come to a close. At least the regular season's coming to a close. And so there's really no need for uh, power rankings anymore. And uh, there's no more Thursday night football. So it wasn't really a big deal, but uh, there will be no more uh, Wednesday Wednesday shows uh, because I do those only during football season. So you won't be hearing me on Wednesdays anymore until next football season. But we do have to talk about the college football playoff. Now, we had some good games on Monday, but... Uh, if you know the result of one of them, I was, I'm pretty upset. But we'll get there when we get there. So let's start with uh, the uh, with uh, Michigan versus Alabama. Uh, this game was close from the jump. I mean, it was uh, it went into overtime. That's how freaking close it was. Um, as a matter of fact, Michigan was pretty much dominating the entire game up until about the fourth quarter. Then the fourth quarter, Alabama was able to put put it together and uh, actually take the lead over Michigan. And, and it was real close. It was looking like Michigan uh, may not may not move on yet again. Uh, but they were able to put together a big drive, and uh, they were able to score the touchdown and uh, tie it up and send it into overtime. And then they got the ball first in overtime, and uh, Blake Corum ran in the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And then Alabama just... Uh, they shit the bed on their uh, on their overtime possession. Uh, they had a fourth fourth down play that was just terrible. It was uh, it was a quarterback sneak type play, and it it wasn't even they weren't even close to the goal line. So I'm not even sure where that play came from. But Michigan is moving on to the national championship. They did get the win in overtime, 27 to 20. Uh, their uh, quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, he went 17 for 27, 221 yards and three touchdowns. And then, uh, like I said, Blake Corum, he had the game-winning touchdown, but he had a total of two touchdowns on the day and uh, really made some big plays on both the uh, the game-winning drive in, uh, in regulation, but then he also had the big plays in overtime as well. Uh, so what big, big game from both McCarthy and Corum, but uh, Corum really... Uh, Lived up to what he does. I mean, Corum has really been one of the most consistent players for Michigan over the over his time there. And um, it sucked because last year he didn't get to play in the college football playoff because he ended up, uh, I believe, what he tore his ACL um, at some point in the regular season last year. So he didn't get to participate at all in last year's play- playoff game. But this year he was a huge factor. And uh, Michigan is moving on to the national championship. Uh, then we had... Washington versus the Texas Longhorns, and my Longhorns got beat, 37-31. to 31. They actually had a shot in the end to actually win. 
Uh, and that's it's shocking because the Longhorns really did not play that good of a game. So the fact that it actually came down to them getting close and just falling short on not scoring in the red zone and that on their last uh, their last drive could have easily won it. But we were lucky that it was that close. I mean, um, we we shit the bed. We just screwed ourselves on a couple of drives with a bunch of stupid penalties. Then we had two drives cut short by stupid fumbles. And uh, we, we were missing tackles. And it, it just was, we were just really lucky that it, we were that close and within that type of distance uh, because we really, we did not deserve that game. On the other hand, Washington deserved that game. They came to play, especially Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback of Washington. I see why this dude was nominated for the Heisman Trophy this year. He went 29 for 38 with 430 yards. That's the second most passing yards behind Joe Burrow in a college football playoff. And he had two touchdowns. This guy is going to be great once he hits the NFL. He has poise. He has accuracy. He has a cannon of an arm. Uh, I haven't really watched a lot of Washington football just because I don't really care about Washington. I, I've heard his name all season long. I knew he was a good quarterback. But to, to witness what he did to my Longhorns, that dude is going to be good once he hits the NFL. Whoever is needs a quarterback this year, um, that guy is, is going to be fucking good. Um, it, he just delivered some amazing passes. And don't get me wrong, um, he has really good wide receivers who made some really big plays. But the way he just is so precise and has just this beautiful cannon of an arm. I'm, I'm real excited to actually see um, where he ends up in the NFL because I'm looking forward to watching this guy play. Uh, he's he's going to be really damn good. Um, and he showed it. And so Washington is moving on to the national championship as well. Like I said, they beat my Longhorns 37 to 31. Um, the Longhorns, like I said, we're, we're lucky that it was that close. I mean, we actually, the third quarter, I mean, the first half, it, it was close. So I, we went into halftime at what, tied at 21, I believe. Um, so it, it was a pretty solid first half. The third quarter, Washington just obliterated us. Fourth quarter, Longhorns were able to step it up, especially on the last two drives. We were down by uh, 10 points, 9 points. And uh, we were able to drive down the field, get in field goal range, kick the field goal, and uh, make it 37-31. to 31. So if we scored a touch, if the defense was able to uh, hold back Washington, which they did, and then um, also we, we lucked out by Washington giving us a, a, a penalty, a 15-yard penalty as well on the punt return. So the Longhorns were in business. And uh, if we had just scored the touchdown and the extra point, we would have won the fucking game. Uh, but like I said, uh, we, we got down the field. That was no problem. But the problem was once we hit the red zone, especially on the second play, the second play was so mind-boggling to me. I'm not sure why it happened. But basically, Ewers threw it out to the running back on this short play. And I was like, that was a waste of time play. And when I saw that, I just kind of had a feeling we were not going to get this game-winning score. Like I said, we didn't deserve it. And uh, But I will say, I don't like moral victories, but what I do like is this is a good way to head into the SEC because next year the Longhorns are headed to the SEC. 
Um, it, it looks like we're going to have a good team. We've got two solid quarterbacks. I mean, we don't know if Ewers is coming back just yet. He hasn't declared for the draft, but all signs point to he's probably staying another year. And then we've got uh, Arch Manning coming up right behind him. So we've, we're good at quarterback. Um, we've got a whole, whole bunch of really good recruits coming in over the next couple of years. So I really like the way we're going into the SEC but uh, it was just a tough loss, and, uh, you know, I really wanted to see them win, but uh, that's just the way it, way it goes. All right, now moving on to Week 18 of the NFL. Yes, Week 18, we are at the final week of the regular season. I mean, football season always just flies by. The, the off season like, drags on for fucking ever, and then once it's Week 1, all of a sudden it's Week 18. Now, of course, I'm excited because my Cowboys are in it, we're in the playoffs, so I don't have to sit here and be pissed off and annoyed for Week 18, although they do have to win um, or an Eagles loss, but I want them to win, of course, uh, because if we win, we get that division and the number two overall seed. Uh, couldn't be happier with that shit. Uh, but uh, Week 18, how crazy is it? We are talking about the last week of football. Now, um, there's quite a few teams who have already um uh, they've already clinched playoff spots or they're the number one overall seeds or home field. So there's quite a few teams not playing any starters this week. So we might have some shakeups and some weird wins. But, um, you know, we're, we still have a few games that do matter for these last couple of playoff spots. Um, also, uh, in my head-to-head matchup with Simon Ruvalcaba, um, he did not give me his uh, picks last week in time for the show. He actually hit me up literally right as I stopped recording the show. Uh, but uh, last week, I went 13-3, and which bumped my uh, season record up to 167 and 89. And Simon went 7-9 and because he had to take some chances, which bumped him up to 147 and 109. So I now have a 20-game lead over him. Um, he has not given me his picks yet for this week, uh, but I think it's safe to say Katie is the overall winner on this season against Simon. So let's get to uh, Week 18. We do have a couple Saturday games this week. So let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, right now, the Steelers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Only reason why is because the Ravens are one of those teams that are not playing their starters this week. They have the number one overall seed. They have home field advantage. So they're not really playing for a lot this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers, on the other hand, they need the win uh, to uh, hopefully get into one of those last wild-card playoff spots. Um, Baltimore-Pittsburgh has always been a battle, though. And even though the Ravens are playing their backups, I still expect this to be a good game because the Steelers just really aren't that good. Yes, they're on a little bit of a winning streak here, but uh, I just don't think they're a good team. And uh, even though the Ravens are playing their backups, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. I just kind of feel, uh, I just see the Steelers losing and uh, just heading off into the offseason uh, without going to the playoffs. They don't really deserve a playoff spot, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, they're not a good team, and they'll just be kicked out immediately by whoever they play. But I do think this is going to be a close game, and I basically have this being a typical Baltimore-Pittsburgh game with Baltimore winning 20-16. to uh, Then we have the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. This game does matter. Um, both teams have a shot at the division title as well as a wild card spot. Um, and so, I mean, this, this comes down. This is why we have uh, the division battles at the last uh, the last week of the season, because this is what happens. So uh, right now, the Texans are actually a half-point favorite over the Colts. 
Um, I think both teams are going to battle. I feel like this is going to be an excellent game between two teams that are really fighting. Um, they're, they're both very similar teams this season, though. They have their ups, they have their downs, and they've lost weird games and won weird games. The Colts are at home, though. They've played really well at home. And uh, I feel like the Colts are more equipped to win and head into the playoffs. I don't think either one of these teams is even going to win a playoff game. But I do have the Colts winning a close one, 28-24. I've liked what I've seen from Houston all season long, but I just feel like since they won last week, I just kind of feel like they're going to lose this week. And the Colts, they've been a very scrappy team who's been able to uh, win these scrappy games. And like I said, they're at home, which is why I'm leaning towards them. So I do have the Colts winning this one, 28-24. Moving on to Sunday's games, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, the Bengals are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, neither one of these teams have anything to play for. Bengals are not in the playoffs. The Browns are actually sitting a few of their starters as well because they have secured a playoff spot. So um, with that being said, usually Cincinnati versus Cleveland is a pretty decent game. Um, I, I don't feel like the Bengals are going to just roll over in this one. And uh, since Cleveland is sitting a lot of their starters and um, – you know, they they don't have a lot of depth. I'm just going to go with Cincinnati in this one, 23-14. Then we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Right now the Lions are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It sounds like the Lions are going to be playing their starters. They haven't really uh, mentioned anything of that nature, of them not playing their starters. Uh, whereas Minnesota, they are fighting for one of the wild-card spots. They not only need a win, but they also need some help from some other teams. Um, but I just kind of feel like if Detroit is playing their starters, I think it's just because they really want to head into the playoffs with some really good momentum. And the Vikings are just not a good team at all. So I actually think this is going to be an ass-kicking by the Lions, 38-10. to Then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Right now the Jaguars are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's looking like Trevor Lawrence is going to play in this one. And uh, they're definitely going to need him because uh, the Jaguars need a win to win their division. And uh, if they don't win their division, they are going to want a wild card spot. So it's interesting to see how uh, things are going to shake up. The Titans aren't playing for anything other than pride. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a rollover game for them. I do think the Titans are going to give them their best shot. But I think the Jaguars are going to eke out the win 21-17. to then we have the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Right now, the Patriots are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, this could be Bill, Be Bill Belichick's last game as the New England Patriots coach. That, that's just crazy to even utter those words, but it's looking more and more like that's what's going to happen. So with that being said, Bill Belichick owns the, the Jets. He just absolutely owns them. They haven't beat them in like a million years at this point, and I just kind of feel like... Uh, even though, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, it's really been percolating how much the coaching staff, the players, just are not respecting Bill Belichick at this point. I mean, there's there's an offensive lineman this past week. He said he can't wait to move on from this team. Like, he basically quit uh, this team like a month ago. Um, he hasn't played in the last couple of games. So the fact that players are coming out and speaking out against um, the team and just how they don't have a lot of chemistry, it does say a lot about what's been going on for this team, at least for this season, which it's probably actually been the last couple of seasons. Um, but with that being said, I don't think 
it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna be a, a good game. I think it's gonna be typical uh, New England versus Jets game. N- neither one of these teams are good at all, so it should actually probably be a good game. But I, I think they're gonna send Bill Belichick out on a good note, and uh, I don't think the Jets are going to be able to beat the New England Patriots yet again. So I have New England winning a close one, twenty to fourteen. Then we have the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Right now, the Saints are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Both of these teams are in line for a playoff spot, either the division or a wild-card spot, so both of these teams need the win. Um, The Falcons, they have not been good away from home. And while the Saints have not been a consistent team at all this year, I think they're a much better team than the Falcons. They have a lot more to play for, and they're just just a better team. So I do have the the Saints winning this one 24-17. Then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Right now, the Buccaneers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bucs are also playing for a playoff spot, potentially the division. If they win, they get the division. If they lose, they still have a shot at a wild-card spot. It just depends on what happens with a few other teams. Um, the Panthers are just, they're obviously the worst team in the league, um, and I don't think they're going to get better magically this week, even though it's a division battle. I feel like the Buccaneers are wanting to win this division. They have a lot to play for. So I have the Buccaneers smashing the Panthers 30-17. to 17. Moving on to the uh, the uh, late afternoon games, we have the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Right now the Packers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Packers are playing for a wild-card spot. They need this win uh, to get a wild-card spot. And uh, I feel like since they have something to play for, um, the Bears have been playing well this last month. And I just kind of feel like they are just playing. They, they would probably love to end the Packers season in Green Bay. So I think this is going to be a hard-fought battle. But I just kind of feel like the Packers, they need that spot. They have a lot to play for. And I see the uh, Packers eking out this one 27-21. to 21. Then we have the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Right now, the Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, This is a battle between uh, just two division rivals. Neither one of these guys have anything to play for, so I just think it's going to be a battle uh, between two teams who just want to send their their season on a high note. Um, Since the Raiders are at home, I'm just going to go with the Raiders in this one, 20-18. to Then we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Right now, the Eagles are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, This one I was kind of torn on uh, because the Eagles have not been good at all. And they actually, the last time they played the Giants two weeks ago, it wasn't a blowout. And uh, it was a really close game, and the Giants actually almost beat them. With that being said, the Giants are just terrible. And they're too difficult for me to actually pick and believe in. And while I feel like the Eagles are just reeling, and uh, the Eagles have also had quite a few stories about their locker room and all the problems that they've been having throughout this entire season as well, I don't think it's going to fuck them up in this game. I just think the Giants are ready to go home. Maybe they would like to uh, beat the Eagles, but I just kind of feel like the Giants season has been, they've probably been wanting to go home week one. So they probably are just ready to get the fuck out of there. The Eagles would like to get a a solid win here, and I have the Eagles winning 27-14. to Then we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Right now the Seahawks are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Seahawks do have uh, a chance at the wild card, so they definitely need this win. Arizona would probably just like to uh, end their season on a nice nice note and send the Seahawks home right along with them. So I do think this is going to be a battle. It is a division matchup. But since the Seahawks have a little bit more to play for, I have Seattle eking out this win 20-17. to 17. 
Then we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, the Chargers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Chiefs are not playing their starters because they have locked in the number three seed, so they don't really have any reason to play. And with that being said, both of these teams are playing backups galore. Um, neither team is really that good. So I actually think this is going to be a pretty terrible game. I have the Chiefs winning a close one, 17-14. I don't know why I picked the Chiefs, uh, just because the Chargers are that much more terrible. Then we have the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Right now, the Niners are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And since the Niners have already locked in the number one seed, they are not going to be playing a lot of their starters either. Um, and the Rams have already locked in a wild-card spot, so they're not playing their starters either. So this is going to be the battle of the backups, which means it should actually be a pretty decent game. Um, but since I think the Niners are just the better team, a better coached team, um, and they have a lot more depth, than the Rams do. I'm going to go with the Niners 21 to 10. 10. <clears throat> then we have uh, my Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. Right now the Cowboys are a 13 and a half point favorite. And the Cowboys just need this win to get the division and to lock in the number two seed. That's a big deal because we play excellent at home, which means we get the number two spot. That means we're pretty much guaranteed two Um Two uh, home playoff games. If we uh, if we win in the wild card, uh, we would move on to the divisional round. So that's two home games right there, which would be a huge, huge help to this team because we obviously play better at home for whatever reason. Doesn't mean they can't uh, play well in the playoffs. I'm just saying that's just been their theme of the year. So we really have something to play for. And since Washington is terrible, and yes, the Cowboys are on the road, and this is a division matchup, um, Washington actually benefits from losing this game because if they lose this game, they're guaranteed the number two overall spot in the draft next year, and you know that's what they want. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were if they stepped up in this game because this is a division battle. But Washington is just a terrible team. There's a reason why they're potentially going to have the number two overall pick in the draft because they're just bad. Um, and the last time the Cowboys played them on Thanksgiving Day, it was a bloodbath. So I'm expecting that from the Cowboys. As a matter of fact, I feel like this is going to be a blowout 35-10. to 10, And if this is a blowout going into the uh, third or fourth quarter, I also expect uh, Dallas to take out their starters and um, just keep it rolling. But I, I don't think this is going to be a difficult game for the Cowboys. And I think we uh, win that division and get that number two overall seed. And then the Sunday night football matchup is the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Right now, the Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is for the division. Um, if the Dolphins were to lose, it doesn't matter. They will still have a wild-card spot because they've already clinched the spot. Uh, but the Bills have not. There's a, there's, a, there's a scenario where if the Bills don't win, they are out of a playoff spot. Now, since this is the Sunday night football game, uh, basically, once we get to this point, we'll know if uh, even if they lose, that they uh, they still might have a, a, a chance at the playoffs. So um, the, the win may not matter depending on what happens. Like, for example, if the Steelers lose on Saturday, basically the Bills are in no matter what the result is of this game. But, you know, both teams are playing for the division. I mean, I, I feel like Miami's definitely going to step it up in this one because they've dominated their division all season long. And you know they don't want to be that team who loses it the last week of the season, kind of like the Eagles have done now. Um, so I actually think 
Miami's going to really step it up for this one. The Bills have been one of the hottest teams in the league for the last month, but that's because they've been fighting for their lives. And th- but they haven't had too many convincing wins other than, of course, when they kicked the shit out of my Cowboys. Um, but the other wins have been very, very close battles, and they could have easily lost those games. Um, and I will say, the Bills don't usually play well in Miami. And they've already beat Miami once this season. So you know Miami's got that bad taste in their mouth. So I think this is going to be a really good game between two teams who really want this division. But I've got the Dolphins winning this one 28-27. I know a lot of people are really riding high on the Bills. And I do think they're still going to get one of the last playoff spots. But uh, they don't play well in Miami. And they haven't... There's still many holes with this team, and I just feel like Miami does not want to be that team who loses the division on the last night of the season and ends up being a wild card team rather than at least having uh, a couple of home games in the playoffs. So that is Week 18 of the NFL, y'all. Cannot believe we are talking about Week 18. And on Monday's show and next Friday's show, we will be talking NFL playoffs. How fucking great is that? Even though it's sad when the regular season comes to an end, oh, there's nothing like playoff football. And I, like I said, I'm personally ecstatic because my Dallas Cowboys are in it. All right, so let's move on to NBA. We had some uh, pretty uh, pretty amazing performances this week. Uh, so let's start off on Tuesday night between the uh, Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid went off. He had a huge triple-double. Uh, he had uh, 31 points, 10 assists, and 15 rebounds on the night and in a big win for the Philadelphia 76ers, 110-97. to Now, it was never a close game. I'm really just discussing it just because it's yet another huge night from Embiid, who's just been dominating this entire season and just really hasn't let up. I mean, he's just having a monster, monster season. And it was funny because I did watch the first half of this game, and I remember at one point I, I was doing something, and then I just happened to look up, and it was the first quarter, and it was 41-17, to 17, I believe, was the score. And I look, I had to, like, double-take. I'm like, does that really say 41 points? Uh, so, yeah, the, the 76ers just smashed the Chicago Bulls on Tuesday night. Then also on Tuesday night, we had us a big upset. I've been talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Didn't know if I really believed in them, but they are getting some quality-ass wins, and they got another quality-ass win on Tuesday night against the Boston Celtics. They beat the Celtics 127 to 123. Uh, SGA had yet another solid game. He had 36 points on the night. And uh, they beat the Boston Celtics, the, the best team in the league in the Eastern Conference. And this young team really took it to them. It was back and forth the entire way through. And uh, Oklahoma City got yet another quality win against a solid team. I don't know, man. Oklahoma City's actually looking for real. We still have a long way to go, but they are looking pretty damn good this season. Then on Wednesday, we had another uh, another big upset um, against the Indiana Pacers over the Milwaukee Bucks. The Pacers dominated the Bucks yet again, 142-30. to the, the Pacers are 4-1 this season against the Bucs, and it hasn't been close. They have been straight up dominating the Bucs in every single win this season. Tyrese Halliburton had a double-double, 31 points and 12 assists on the night, and it just really was total domination by the Indiana Pacers. And then last night, on Thursday night, we had us uh, two battles. 
uh, one between the Milwaukee Bucks and the San Antonio Spurs, shockingly enough. Um, this was a huge battle between Giannis and Wemby, uh, but the uh, the Bucks did get the win, 125-121. to 121. Um, Giannis had 44 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists on the night, and uh, Victor Wembanyama had 27 points and 9 rebounds on the night, and it was back and forth between the two of them for the most part. Uh, throughout the night, and it was just uh, it, it was just fun to watch. Um, I mean, the Spurs are just a terrible ass team, but uh, it's pretty uh, pretty shocking that they were able to uh, to take the Bucks to uh, basically all the way till the to the very end of the game. But uh, Giannis, of course, got the better of Wimby, and uh, nice nice fun battle between uh, two of the best uh, players in the league. And then we had us a uh, crazy game between the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Jokic had the walk-off game-winning three-pointer last night to sink the Golden State Warriors 130-127. to Jokic had a double-double, not a triple-double. He almost had a triple-double. He had 34 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds, so he was one rebound away from a triple-double last night. But, you know, he, he preferred that uh, game-winning triple uh, to walk off on Golden State. And now uh, moving on to the top five list this week. Since we are headed to the NFL playoffs, I decided to do a playoff NFL playoff-themed list and uh, decided to go with uh, an amusing one for me because uh, there have been many, many major chokes in the history of the NFL playoffs. You know, it's always nice to get that number one or number two overall seed and uh, just absolutely dominate the regular season, but sometimes it doesn't matter if you dominate the regular season and then... Um, you know, get the top seed and get the home field advantage because sometimes you will lay an egg against uh, what arguably looked like a team that just backed their way into the playoffs type deal here. So this week, I'm doing the top five playoff chokes. Um, and it's basically, it's not a one game. It's a uh, it's uh, basically a team that had a dominating regular season um, and just looked like they're supposed to just win it all and then they just get smashed by a team that just barely backed their way into the playoffs, didn't really deserve to be here, nobody gave them a shot to win it all, and in some instances, uh, they actually went on to win the Super Bowl, which is crazy, Um, but uh, of course, all of these are uh, divisional matchups, because usually the number one overall seed ends up uh, not playing wild card weekend, they usually get the bye week, and then uh, play in the divisional round, so every one of these losses is in the divisional round. Um, and the reason why I explain this is because sometimes, um, depending on what list you're looking at um, online when I was doing research, some, some you know, you consider a choke sometimes where you're like up uh, 42 to nothing at halftime and then you lose 51 to 42 at, at the end of the game. That's not what kind of a choke I'm talking about. I'll probably do that list at another time. Uh, but this one is just really, you had an amazing regular season. You were just projected to be a team that's better than everybody. You're easily winning the Super Bowl, and just you got beat by a team that barely deserved to be here. So let's go with the top five playoff chokes, beginning with number five, the 2011 Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> they were the number one overall seed and went 15-1 and one on the regular season. I mean, this was a huge year from the Packers. First of all, they uh, they actually won the Super Bowl in the previous year. So they're coming off of a Super Bowl, and now they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and they went 15-1. and I believe this is an Aaron Rodgers MVP year. I could be wrong, but I think it was. I mean, they went 15-1, and so I kind of feel like he had to have an amazing year. 
But in the divisional round, they went up against the number four seed New York Giants. Now, the Giants did win the NFC East that year, but they won it going nine and seven, which means it was just a terrible year for the NFC East. And they barely, they, they just won the division like on the last week of the season, barely. They actually became the uh, first um, team in NFC history to uh, not make have 10, 10 wins on the season. So it was uh, the Giants basically back to their way into the playoffs. Nobody really expected the Giants to do shit. As a matter of fact, everybody had the Packers just rolling over the Giants, and um, it actually went the opposite way. Um, the Giants did what the Giants do. Uh, like they did a, a, in 2007. Uh, they actually uh, just backed their way into the playoffs, and then it didn't matter. They just won in the playoffs and then actually went on to win the Super Bowl yet again. But it began... In uh, the divisional round uh, against the Packers, I mean, obviously, of course, it began in wild card round for them. But uh, you know, they get to the divisional round. Everybody's expecting Green Bay to roll them, and it, it didn't go that way at all. As a matter of fact, uh, the Giants rolled them. It wasn't really a close game, and it really just got out of hand in the second half. Uh, the Packers just, um, you know, they they were they were treading water in the first half and then in the second half the giants just became a dominant team uh they had these these really big plays Eli Manning of course stepped it up stepped it up uh Mario Manningham he was one of their big uh receivers at the time he made some big plays in this game and the New York Giants would beat the 15 and 1 Green Bay Packers in Green Bay 37 to 20 and uh, they would move on to, uh, once again, beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Then at number four on my top five playoff chokes, the 1986 Chicago Bears in the divisional round. Uh, they, they, went, they were the number two overall seed. They went 14-2 and two on the season. As a matter of fact, they were also the defending Super Bowl champs. They had won the Super Bowl in the previous year. Now, unfortunately for them, it was kind of a struggle for them at quarterback. Uh, they just basically went through the year of the rotating quarterback because uh, uh, McMahon would be injured uh, at some point in the season. I, I believe he tore his rotator cuff or something along those lines. So he had like a season-ending injury. And it was just, uh, it was actually uh, Doug Flutie's first year in the league. So he was one of their uh, backup quarterbacks at, at the time. But it was really rotating quarterbacks. But they were just dominated with Walter Payton. Walter Payton was the dude. And that showed in this season. And that's why they were 14-2. and two, And that's why they had such an amazing season and were the number two overall seed in the NFC. They would go up uh, against the uh, Washington Redskins in the divisional round. Uh, the Redskins were the number four overall seed. And they went 12-4. and four, uh, But they were a wild card team. And uh, so they weren't really expected to come in and do anything. Uh, the Bears, like I said, were the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, they, they had one of the best defenses in the league. Walter Payton was just having an amazing season. So there was no way Washington was going to come in and um, hand them a loss in Chicago. No, no fucking way. Well, um, it was a close game to start. But then Washington just absolutely dominated the second half. They were able to uh, just get a couple of really solid touchdowns from their uh, their receivers. Uh, they had a big uh, big interception. Uh, Daryl Green, uh, the corner cornerback for the Redskins at the time, uh, he was able to get this huge interception, and uh, and the uh, the Redskins would go on and just smash the Chicago Bears twenty seven to thirteen. 
And uh, they would go on to lose the next week in the conference championship. Uh, but it was just such a shocking loss because the Bears were such a dominating team. And uh, the Redskins just backed their way into it. And uh, the uh, the Bears didn't really show anything. I mean, they, the, the Redskins, as a matter of fact, Walter Payton had a bad game. Um, and, and Doug Flutie also had a bad game because he was the starting quarterback in this one. And it was just a very uh, shocking win at the time. Then number three on my top five playoff chokes, I have the 2009 San Diego Chargers. Now, believe it or not, I could have chosen a lot of Chargers teams, especially in this 2000s era, because there were multiple times where the Chargers were like this dominating regular season team, and they would just get their asses beat in the immediately, right off the bat. And this this one... I think was the worst one. Um, people like to think it was, I think it was, a two, it was either 2008 or 2007 um, where they lost to the Patriots in the divisional round, I believe, or the conference championship. I can't remember. But they lost to the Patriots, but that Patriots team was actually pretty good. So that's why I didn't go with that one. I went with this one. And the reason why is because at the time, the San Diego Chargers were the number two overall seed and went 13-3 and on the season. And they played the number five-seeded New York Jets, who went 9-7 and seven and literally backed their way into the playoffs. There was no way this Chiefs, or Chiefs, this Chargers team had any business losing this game. But you know what? That's what the San Diego Chargers do. And that is what they did in this one. Now, it was a messy, messy game from both teams. Um, it actually... It was it was all defense, a bunch of turnovers in the first half, a bunch of missed field goals, and just really stupid plays in the first half. And then the Jets actually stepped it up in the fourth quarter, scored a couple of touchdowns, and uh, went up on the Chargers seventeen to seven. And every time it felt like the Chargers weren't going to get down the field or get into scoring position, they would just throw an interception or miss a field goal. And they were able to finally get in, get within distance. They scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it 17-14. to 14, uh, But the Jets were just able to hold him off. And the Jets, the New York Jets, who would go on to win 17-14. to 14. This is a Mark Sanchez-led Jets team. And they would move on to the conference championship and lose there. But, uh, you know, I, I out of all, I mean, there was, I believe, four... Separate Chargers teams I could have picked from who just completely laid an egg in their uh, divisional round, just where they were the number one overall seed and blah, blah, blah. And Chargers do what they do, always suck and always lose. Then at number two on my top five playoff chokes, the 2008 Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers were the number two overall seed. They went 12-4 and four on the season. And uh, they were going up against a team in the Arizona Cardinals who were the number four overall seed. They won their division with a 9-7 and seven record. So it was a really bad year for the NFC West that year. But the Cardinals were able to get it in the last week of the season. Uh, this Cardinals team, nobody expected to do a goddamn thing. And they would actually end up going on a nice little Super Bowl run and almost won the Super Bowl. They literally only lost the Super Bowl because Santonio Holmes and Ben Roethlisberger were just that much better than them. But overall, I mean, shit. Everybody thought this Carolina Panthers team was going to roll over the Cardinals. 
Uh, this Panthers team was very, very dominating. Jake DeLome, this, he was their quarterback at the time. He was having a phenomenal season. He kind of came out of nowhere. Um, they had a running back. Oh, God, I'm just drawing a blank on their running back. They had a really good running back at the time. Uh, they had a solid defense. I, I believe this was a Julius Peppers-led defense. Uh, so, I mean, this was a damn good Carolina Panthers team. There's no way in hell they're going to lose to this Arizona Cardinals team. Well, Jake DeLome ended up throwing five interceptions and having a fumble in this game. So it's really difficult to recover, recover from that. Um, I, I actually brought this up, I want to say, either last Friday's episode or a couple episodes before where I was talking about this amazing run that Larry Fitzgerald had uh, during the playoffs, and this was the season, the 2008 season. I mean, nobody outperformed Larry Fitzgerald from any team in the playoffs during the 2008 season. I mean, the reason why the Cardinals made the Super Bowl this year is because Larry Fitzgerald made some of the greatest, most amazing plays in each in every game along the way, even in the Super Bowl that they lost, this dude still made a huge play. So Fitzgerald, I just remember that 2008 playoff run because he just had one of the greatest runs for a wide receiver ever, hands down. And that's what he did in this one. He just took the fuck over and uh, the Carolina Panthers got smashed at home. 33-13 to 13 in Arizona. Like I said, they would go on to, the, to play in the Super Bowl, but they would just lose the Super Bowl to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, because of Santonio Holmes and that amazing catch he made. Then at number one on my top five playoff chokes, the 2005 Indianapolis Colts. This was one of those lists where I knew right off the bat who number one was because I remember this Colts team. I remember this season vividly, and also they went up against a really shit, I mean, to me, this is the biggest choke in NFL history. There is no doubt about it, and here's why. The Indianapolis Colts were the number one overall seed and ended up with a 14-2 and record. This team actually had the chance to go undefeated on the season, but they ended up sitting their starters for the last two, three games because they already knew they had everything locked up. So why why risk getting an injury to Peyton Manning or uh, Reggie Wayne? or uh, I don't actually don't think Reggie Wayne, M Marvin Harrison, um, and just a lot of their good players that they had at the time. So they didn't play um, their, uh, their starters, and they ended up not going undefeated on the season. So that's how good this team was. I mean, this team was so dominating and good that 12 of the games they won – in that year, they didn't trail at all once at any point in the game. They they rattled off 13 wins in a row at one point in the season. So this Colts team dominated all season long. It, 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 nobody was even questioning that not only were they going to the Super Bowl, but everybody thought they were winning the Super Bowl. Everybody. Until they ran into the number six seeded Pittsburgh Steelers, who had an 11 and five record. And uh, I actually did talk about this Steelers team a couple of weeks ago. I actually have talked about them a lot um, because not only do I remember how good the Colts were this season, but I just remember the run on, that the Steelers went on um, this season. And uh, I remember they were five and five at one point. 
they had to, or four and four. They were they were like at five hundred at one point, and they just looked like one of the worst teams in the in the league. They would go on to uh, uh, have this nice little winning streak to get into the playoffs and, and nab the number six seed. Nobody believed in them to do a goddamn thing um, at any point, and uh, this was probably the best game in that uh, in that two thousand five season playoff run. I mean, it was nuts. So. We're in Indianapolis. There is no way this Steelers team has a shot. Well, guess what? The Steelers actually had a shot. They were dominating this game for the most part. The the Colts had no shot. I mean, the Steelers' defense had Peyton Manning running for his life. They couldn't get the ground attack going, and they just were making stupid mistakes, and the Steelers were just staying in it. And uh, there was this one drive. It's one of the greatest drives um, in NFL history, in my opinion. It just, oh, I love this playoff game. It is one of my favorite playoff games of all time. So Jerome Bettis, he's he's going to knock in a touchdown. Easy touchdown for the Steelers at the one-yard line, and boom. Nope, he doesn't. He fumbles the ball. You just see the ball flying in the air. And Nick Harper runs and picks up this ball, and he's he's running. He's running, he's running, only has to get past Big Ben Roethlisberger, and ben, B- Big Ben Roethlisberger makes the one of the biggest plays of his entire career. I say one of because the dude has had quite a few in his playoff career, but this was the start. But I think if I were to rank Roethlisberger's greatest playoff uh, plays, this is probably number two behind that pass to San, T- San Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. But this play right here saved everything. Ben Roethlisberger was able to just barely grab Nick Harper's uh, uh, foot and uh, tackle him to the ground. We trip him up. Once again, Colts offense gets stuffed. They barely get up to field goal range. And uh, their money kicker, their kicker who never missed shit, he was so solid and he was one of the greatest kickers at the time in the league. Um, and uh, Vanderjack would uh, miss the game winning touch or game winning field goal. And the Pittsburgh Steelers would go on to win 21 to 18. And then they would go on to win the Super Bowl that year against the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, in my opinion, this is the greatest choke of all time just because the Colts were that good. They almost went undefeated. Had they played their starters in, the, in those last two games, they would have gone undefeated, at least for the regular season. Um, but I kind of feel like that that fucked up their mojo because I actually just read this um, or heard it uh, from one of their players who actually uh, played on this team. Uh, they said that they were kind of upset that they really wanted to go for the record and why are we not playing? The, the, only the 72 Dolphins have gone undefeated and it, I think that kind of fucked them up. But also the Steelers team, their defense really held it down and uh, they were obviously the team of destiny that year. But uh, they were the number six seed, not expected to do shit. The uh, Colts were the number one seed. They were obviously the most dominating team of that regular season and they would lay an egg in their first playoff matchup of that year. And uh, I remember, I do remember that 2005 season. It was uh, it was a good season, and uh, it was fun to watch the Colts do that. So uh, that is my top five playoff chokes. So uh, enjoy the last weekend of football, y'all. And I will talk to you fools on Monday.